Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Nashville, it's time for Nashville Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Nashville Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, this is going to be a good one. Brian Clayton is with us. Brian is the CEO of GreenPal. Brian, welcome. John, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, it's great to have you. Let's talk about you and the work you're doing at GreenPal. How are you serving folks out there? Yeah, so GreenPal is a mobile app. It's kind of like the Uber, but for lawn mowing. So if you're a homeowner and you need to get somebody to come cut your grass, rather than calling around on Craigslist or Facebook or Yelp or asking for friends or for, for recommendations, you can just download our app. And you'll pop your address in and somebody will come out and mow your yard for you the next day. And you can pay them right through the app and then set them up for ongoing lawn mowings throughout the entire season right on top of the app. Really can order a lawn mowing service with never even making a phone call, never even speaking to anybody. And uh, it's kind of the way the world's going, especially in a post-COVID world. And and uh, we're, we're hoping to make it easier, better, faster, cheaper for, for folks nationwide in the United States. We actually started... The uh, the app uh, nine years ago, so almost a decade. We're uh, we're a nine year overnight success. Uh, we started in Nashville, Tennessee. Spent three or four years just in Nashville, get, uh, getting the app going, figuring out how to make it work, figuring out how to how to balance the wants and needs of buyers and sellers in this particular marketplace. And and now we're nationwide in the United States. Several hundred thousand people using the app, doing multi eight figures a year in in revenue. And uh, we bootstrapped the business the whole way. We have self-funded it from day one, and which is kind of rare uh, as technology startups go. And also, uh, you don't see a whole lot of consumer technology products come out of Nashville. And we're, we're one of the few that have broken out and, and have done that. Wow. Um, so I'm ready to close the show and download the app and get to work here. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, you, you solve a particular problem. And I think most folks that have a yard where they want someone to handle that for them, understand what that problem is. And that is being able to vet who's good, right? Yeah. And for me, uh, it's kind of solving my own problem. I, I spent 15 years in the landscaping industry, mm. uh, before starting green pal. So my first company was a lawn mowing business and, and, uh, you know, a lot of people get their started in, in business ownership, cutting yards. I did too. I just stuck with it. And over a 15 year period of time, uh, from like the late nineties to 2013, I built one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee, eventually getting that company over like 150 employees. It was doing $10 million a year in revenue. And then it was acquired. So I see, you know, growing a lawn mowing business, just me and a push mower to me and 150 people, I saw every day just how inefficient the whole industry ran and, and also how, what a pain in the butt it is for a homeowner just to get hooked up with a good, a reliable lawn mowing service. It's a lot harder than, than it needs to be than you think it would be. And then also like keeping them on a, on a cadence throughout the season and keeping them showing up on time is also difficult. Like the, the case of the mis- disappearing lawn guy is very real. Mm. So green pal kind of solves both those problems. So I was solving a problem that I saw every day. And uh, so I knew, I knew it was a, it was a good idea. I knew it needed to exist in the world. What I didn't know was how difficult it was going to be 
to make it happen. Uh, everything from just the, the technology execution of it. I didn't know how to code, didn't know how to build software. And, uh, and then also uh, the nuances around inventing a brand new product. Uh, Green Palette didn't exist. There was no push a button, get the lawn mode uh, app ever. And, uh, and so we kind of had to invent that and figure it out as we went. And so those were things that I didn't realize were going to be as hard as they turned out to be, but I'm glad that we stuck it out, my two co-founders and I. And, and now here we are 10 years in, we've got a good, good profitable business going that a lot of people get a lot of value from. That's terrific. And now talk about those early days and, and maybe some of the problems that you confronted, uh, you know, not being able to code and having to hire those folks, I guess, being one of them. Um, uh, talk about some of those early problems and how you overcame them. Yeah, it's it's uh, entrepreneurship is, is like going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. And that's how I would describe it. And and the early days of starting Green Pile were excruciating. They were really tough. One of the one of the things was we did not know how to code. And so the first thing we did, it was almost like naivete as a as an asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believed all we needed to do was just pay a, a dev shop, like a like a development uh, agency, to build what we think Green Pile should be, and then we would just market it, and be off and going. And so we did that. And um, my two co-founders and I pulled together our, our money uh, and, and we spent like $150,000 building what we thought GreenPal should be. And it took these guys like nine months to build the, the first version. We released that into the wild and it was a total failure, total flop. And, and we tried to hustle up as many people as we could to, to use the first version of the app because we really just needed feedback. We needed to figure out, is this a good idea? Would people use it? So we passed out like door flyers, door hangers all over Nashville, Tennessee, like a hundred thousand of these things. And, uh, and we got enough feedback to learn that while our app sucked, the idea was good. Uh, we would meet with people and they would tell us that, well, you know, I was let down because it didn't work, but I, you know, I wish it would work. And so we never saw apathy. We never saw, we never saw like, uh, you know, uh, just an indifference. We people were like upset that the app didn't fulfill the promise, mm-hmm. and so that was enough validation to keep going. And so, like looking back, it almost like feels like a video game. Almost like we were, we have just been working through one level of the game at a time, and that was like level one of of uh, Super Mario World, uh, level one of Mike Tyson's Punch Out. You know, that was just like get a first hundred customers, get feedback figure out what you need to do to get through level two and don't even worry about anything else. And that's kind of how it's unfolded for us. You know, the first hundred customers took a year. Uh, then we got to a thousand customers. Then we got to 10,000. Then we got to a hundred thousand. And so it's like working through these metaphorical levels is kind of how we have stayed the course and just, just focused on, on what mattered at that level of the game and, and all of our getting all of our intensity into getting into the next level. And it- you mentioned going from failure to failure while maintaining enthusiasm. How did you maintain that enthusiasm through that journey? Yeah. You know, you really, you focus on the little wins um, and you get excited about them. And so for us, we would set like little goals that we thought would be (laughs) easy to achieve, but they weren't. And one of our first goals was just wanted to do a hundred transactions in a week. Now we do thousands and thousands a day, 
Uh, but we wanted to do a hundred transactions in a week and it took two years to get that done. Mm. And when we got that, when we hit that milestone, I mean, we, we celebrated and it was almost as if like we had sold the company for a billion dollars. Like we really celebrated because I knew if we could get to a hundred that we could get to a thousand. And if I knew we'd get to a thousand, I knew we'd get to 10,000 and so on. So making those like goals that, that are attainable, that aren't, that aren't just, uh, that aren't surface level that, that, that are hard to do, but attainable. And then really is getting ex- excited about them. That was one thing. And then, and then like another moment, I remember, uh, it was probably year two. It was a Saturday, you know, we worked seven days a week on this thing for the first five years. And so it was a Saturday, my co-founders and I were working and I remembered, uh, something like 30 people signed up for the product on a Saturday, which, and I didn't know who any of them were. Mm. That was a big moment. Because up until then, it was very much like hand-to-hand combat, hustling up people to use the, the app mm-hmm. uh, on a personal level. And, 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 and once we got a 30 people on a Saturday to sign up at will, it was almost like, wow, I know I can get 300, and then I, I know I can get 3,000. And, and so at, you know, we have several thousand people sign up a day now. Uh, but back then, that was a big deal. And it was just, so it's setting the little goals, figuring out how to knock those down and, and really celebrating them when they happen. You know, I have to ask, since we are Nashville Business Radio and we're celebrating business in Nashville, uh, talk about the value of having a Nashville location, Brian, where you grew up. Several, several, uh, I guess you could say almost like uh, competitive advantages for to being in Nashville. A couple things. One, you don't see a whole lot of consumer tech come out of Nashville. In fact, I don't know of any other example other than ours that has broken out. Now, there's all kinds of healthcare tech. There's all kinds of music tech, um, really smart entrepreneurs and, and successful entrepreneurs in those spaces. But in terms of like an app that like consumers use, they're really, I don't, I can't think of another one. Um, there's been a lot that have tried and failed. And when we started, uh, in 2013, we, we, we started in this little incubator on the north side of Nashville in Germantown and something like 30 companies were in there and literally 29 of them went out of business. We were the only one that did not go out of business in, in a, about a four or five year period of time. So you're looking at like all of these dead bodies around you and you're wondering if you're crazy, but then you start to realize that, that in, in many ways to, to get a tech company going, you can you can take one or two paths. You can just try to go raise a ton of money and go for broke, or you can take the path of a cockroach, and it's like nothing can kill you. And we took the latter, and we literally became cockroaches, and and nothing could kill us. Like like we we survived on rice and beans for many years. Our rent was super cheap, um, and and we just figured out the cheapest way to get as much done as we could. And being in Nashville was conducive to that. The other thing that, uh, looking back, that was a competitive advantage for being in Nashville was you're outside of the echo chamber of, of Silicon Valley and and some of these other tech hubs, where it's like a lot of the time, uh, you know, if you're inside of that bubble, you, you start to get conditioned to believe that the only path is to go raise a million dollar seed round and then a five million dollar Series A, and it, these numbers are actually low for now, even or a twenty million dollar Series B. And, 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 you know, when that works out, it's beautiful, but 
the reality is that's a bad bet for most entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you're outside of the echo chamber and you're in a place like Nashville, there's no way throwing money at you um, ever. And so, and so literally like you, you, you only have one option and that's to, and that's to focus on the customer and make sure that the customer's happy and that they're continually using your product. And that, that offers a very like crystal, like a, a very simplification of your thinking to where you're only focusing on a couple things at a time and to satisfy the customer. And you don't get, you don't get like sidetracked by all these other things that don't matter that I think uh, can, can happen when you have too much money. Like necessity is the mother of invention mm-hmm. is very real when you're, when you're starting a tech company. And so there's, there's two, two different ways to do it. We did it the harder way, I think. And that's, that's probably the only reason why we're still here today. You, you raised money the best way. Uh, if I can say that, um, yeah, I, we, getting new customers, so right? Yeah. 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 Revenue is the best form of financing Yeah, is a mantra that, that, that we believe. And I'm not, I'm not like poo pooing, uh, the venture capital uh, route. I mean, certainly you look at any, any application on your phone on the home screen, I'm willing to bet all of them are venture backed. Uh, so it's, but the, the reality is, is that that's, those are outsized like outlier outcomes. And that uh, it's still a one in a thousand shot if you do go down that path. Folks, we're chatting with Brian Clayton. Brian is the CEO, I guess you might say chief cockroach. I love that term <laughs> and that metaphor, uh, Brian, <laughs> that, that, uh, you, 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 you pointed out the virtues of a cockroach. I love that. Can't um, kill them. yeah, can't kill them. They will never go away. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> there, there's, there's, <laughs> There's a scene from uh, the office where Michael Scott is. Uh, he he leaves uh, the the company and he goes to start his own competing paper business. Mm-hmm. And he's he's doing his own paper business and things are not going well. Mm. And uh, the other people, other folks in the, in the in the former company are taking uh, pleasure in it. And he said, "Let me tell you something that that you might not not realize about me. Like if if my company goes out of business." I'll start another one. And if that one goes out of business, I'll start another one. And if that one goes out of business, I'll start another one. I have no shortage of names <laughs> for paper businesses. And so, and so like in many ways, if you're starting a, like a technology company that's non VC backed, you kind of have to take on that, 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 that mentality that nothing can kill you and that you're just going to stick it out long enough. Cause that's usually what happens. I love it. I love it. Brian, let's talk to, um, uh, we'll talk to the users of your site in just a second or potential users in a second, but let's, let's talk to lawn care professionals. So what, what's the virtue and value of them getting registered, getting, uh, on your site? That's really why we did this. It's really why we, we get out of bed in the morning is to help these folks make material income, help them literally like improve their life. Uh, to make more money with less headache, with less BS, and to help them get started in the business, because that's that's my DNA. Uh, you know, I started cutting grass in high school, you know, all through high school, all through college, and you know, just chucking a truck, Peter, in a pickup for a very long time. And so that's that's who we have built the product for. Homeowners get a nice convenience, so they can hire really good quality lawn care services off the shelf, so to speak. Uh, without even having to like make a phone call, and so they get a nice convenience. But for vendors, it's it's a business in a box. It's all the customers you could want 
It's getting paid quickly within 24 hours. It's organizing all of your route in one neat place. It's, it's automation for your marketing to where, where your, your clients are getting nudged to continually book with you and, and add on additional yard maintenance services. So it's all of these things that, that kind of, I wish that I had when, when I was running my company. And, and so that's why we do what we do. You know, if you're, and we have hundreds and hundreds of stories of, of, of small landscape contractors that were either on the brink of going out of business or were just getting started and didn't know the first thing to do. And, and they were like, Hey, you know, thanks to green pal, I now have three trucks and, and $200,000 in equipment. And I'm making, I'm clearing six figures a year. And I never made that much money in my life. And that's a lot of fun. That's why I get out of bed in the morning. And, and that's why running this company is fun. That's pretty awesome. And, and that's in Mark contrast to, um, I won't mention any names, but let's say some of the food delivery apps that are really seem like they're taking money out of the pockets of independent business owners, in this case, restaurants. Um, you're helping these independents, these mom and pops build their business. Yeah, we, we really look at it that way. And our, our take rate, you know, the, the, the fee that we take is, is, a third, if not a fourth of what those, what those food delivery businesses take. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of see it the same way that some of the fees on some of these platforms are a bit onerous and I, you know, it's, it's like, I'm a capitalist. And so I, I get it. And, you know, it took a lot of money to get those, those, those companies off the ground. So they kind of have to do that to, to return capital to their shareholders, but still, you know, 30% from the mom and pop pizza shop. And then the, the driver gets four bucks for the delivery. I don't know. It, it just seems a bit dr- draconian, but we really look at like, we offer homeowners a high five, but vendors, we give a hug. We really want to be material mm. to their life and, and really help them build a better livelihood on top of our platform. And if we can't do that, then, then I don't think we're successful. And so that's kind of our North star. Now let's talk to uh, those folks that might be interested in getting some of those services. Um, You're offering more than just lawn care or cutting the grass, let's say. Yeah. The, the, the lawn maintenance is kind of the glue that holds it together. That's kind of the gateway drug that, that brings you to us. You know, your grass is three feet tall. Your last lawn guy flaked on you. Uh, or maybe you just moved in or whatever, and, and you've called and left five voicemails all over town, and one guy promised to show up, and he flaked, and then another guy showed up, and his mower broke halfway down, and then so you get on Google, and you look for lawn mowing services, and then you come across our website, and you're like, wow, this is, I hope this works. This is, that's literally how like 90% of the use case of the hundreds of thousands of people that use our app. Mm. If you pop your address in, you get four or five quotes back. You can read reviews. Uh, you can also see other uh, statistics about these these service providers. How often do they show up on time? How often do they get booked for a second mowing? Uh, what do other people have to say about them? So you can really make an informed decision about who you want to work with. They come out, mow for you the same day or the, or the very next day. If you like what, what they did, uh, you can just book them for the whole season. If you didn't like it, uh, you can you can hire somebody else right on the app. And so that's the value proposition for homeowners is you go from grass three feet tall to grass is nice and neat uh, and paid, uh, uh, you know, pay, paperless billing, um, you know, the way it should be in 2021. Uh, you know, you, you can do everything else from your phone. You should be able to get the service done. 
And so that's what we're, what we're doing. We're distributing that kind of the way it should be the future of, of uh, home services. I can see why you get so many folks sign up on Saturday morning. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're looking at uh, a chore. They don't want to do that afternoon, right? It's funny. It's, 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 it really is 10, 10 or 20 times easier than the status quo, but it's not like, you know, you order an Uber and you see the driver come to you and within three minutes, that, that is the expectation of a lot of folks. It's like a Saturday morning. I should literally be able to summon a lawn mowing guy in three minutes. We're not that good. Yeah. Uh, well, well, he'll, he'll be out there today. But but he's not coming in three minutes, so it's kind of funny. Uh, the the expectations of the American consumer these days are are getting better and better and harder and harder. And one of my favorite quotes is a uh, is a is a Jeff Bezos quote, and he says, "The thing I love about the American consumer is that they are always discontent, and <laughs> and it's that it's that discontent that that drives innovation." And so I. I I believe that to be true. You know, it's, it's it, the American consumer is always driving innovation because they always want more, better, cheaper, faster, smoother. And that's what we're in the game of doing in lawn mowing. So, uh, but if folks want something more than just getting the grass cut, you've got some, op- some options there as well, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. After, after you get your lawn mowed, uh, you're going to need all this other stuff done. You're going to need shrub pruning, seeding, leaf removal, gutter cleaning, uh, shrub pruning, uh, remulching, fertilization, snow plowing if you're in the northern part of the country. And so we offer all those services as well um, to be layered on to, to, to the relationship that you have with your contractor. And so, yeah, what, but what we have found is, is if we offer all of those things on the front door, it's paralyzing. And, and it's, it's like, if it does everything, it does nothing. Mm. And so, so when you first experience the app, it's like, it's, it's the best thing in the world at one thing, push, push a button, get somebody to come cut your yard. And then it's after you kind of get acclimated around that use case, then all of these other services can be added on mm. to the lawn maintenance. Um, what we found is that when it's like, okay, now what is this? It's like, what we found is, is that when somebody comes to your app or website, um, they have you have like three seconds to to answer three questions. Where am I? What can I do here? And why does it matter? And so so when you come to our website, it's 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 like lawn care made easy. Okay, book a lawn pro in less than sixty seconds without even making a phone call. Okay, I understand what this is. If it if it's like Green Pal, uh, you know, and it's like you can get shrub pruning, seeding, mold. Okay, well, how does this? How is this even going to work? It's it's just hard to like convey all those things when somebody doesn't know who you are. Now, when you're when you're big and huge, like an Airbnb or an Expedia or or something like that, that, that or even Amazon, you can be a, you know, like Amazon's the everything store. Amazon started in books, and they had to be the the world's biggest, best, cheapest bookstore for a very long time before they could become the everything store. And so mm. that's, that's, that's how it kind of is for us. You, you have to like own one category and then after you're a known commodity, uh, you can layer on these other things. That's terrific. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, I always, I always, uh, sit when I'm talking with a guest and have their website pulled up and it's, it's just amazing to me 
to see all these uh, little bubbles pop up as people are booking here as we're doing the show. You get you've had a you've had 160 people just your website just informed me have booked this morning. So congratulations on hey, that. We're not even halfway through the day, Brian. So uh, that you was a good that that was a good month in the early early days. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, things are moving in the right direction. That's awesome. And uh, the. And the point of that too is uh, that they're from all over the country. You're just not just in Nashville. Your your business has expanded across the United States. Yeah, you know, the the the, the it didn't start that way. I guess mm. is what I'm trying to say is like we spent four years in Nashville, mm-hmm. and and we have a mantra like nail it then scale it, and it took us four years to figure out. How do you consistently deliver an experience when somebody, when a homeowner comes onto the platform and how to, and when they push a button and somebody is going to come mow today or tomorrow, how do we make sure that happens? Hmm. And you wouldn't think, but there's actually a million problems that can go wrong. It's like, okay, the grass is too tall or his lawnmower broke or he didn't feel like working that day or he misquoted it or his lawnmower is too big for the fence gate size or uh, his equipment got stolen that day or he, he didn't realize that. Uh, he didn't actually uh, mow yards on that side of town. Like there's a, there's like a hundred things that go wrong. And so we have just systematically fixed every one of those things. And then after we made it to where it was pretty darn good and, and we were like pleasing 95% of the people that were using it is when we decided to move into other cities and States mm. and then methodically distributing it in every city. Cause every city has to be built from the ground up. You can't just roll it out. You have to really build these markets from the ground up and, took us a long time to get nationwide. We're, we're in every major city in the United States um, and, and now in, in most mid-market cities as well. So um, and we still have a long way to go uh, in terms of like until we're in the same conversation as an Instacart, DoorDash, Airbnb, Postmates, Uber. Um, we still have a long way to go and to become like in the a lexicon of the English language. That's terrific. Uh uh, congratulations on that success, Brian. What what does the future hold? I mean, what what do you, what do you see over the next few years as you continue? Obviously, you're going to continue to expand geographically, I suppose. Yeah, we need to keep. You know, we 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 grow forty fifty percent every year. We need to keep doing that about four or five more times, and we have a long way to go in terms of depth in the United States. Um, it's like the, the, there's something called the power law where, where like 20% of our sales or 80% of our sales come from 20% of our markets. And so we understand that, that, you know, in an Atlanta, Georgia, we're driving X number of transactions per week, but in a Seattle, Washington, it's only a, a fraction of that. So why is that? And so diagnosing those things and, and getting, getting those slower markets up to snuff is, is something that we have to do. And then um, after we've saturated the United States, which is going to take a long time, we'll go into UK, Canada, Australia. In fact, that may come sooner than later because we need to kind of figure out that internationalization. And then, and then the third piece is like, I'm having fun running the business. I'm going to keep doing it as long as I'm having fun. Um, I don't, I, I, you know, I retired when I sold my first company, so I didn't have to work anymore. I literally have not worked a day in 10 years. Mm. Now I have put in some long hours. I put in some hundred hour weeks on this company, but I haven't worked a day in 10 years on it because it is fun running it. It's, it is what I want to do. So I'm going to keep doing it so long as that's the case. Uh, Brian Clayton folks uh, with green pal, Brian, this has been awesome. Uh, and I could keep chatting with you 
for quite a while, but you've got some work to do, so uh, or some fun to go have. Better said. There you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, we'll uh, let you get on with it, but before we let you go, uh, let's tell everyone how they can be in touch and connect, whether they're a, a lawn care service or whether they're a, a potential user. Yeah, anybody wanting to try out the app, just download it in the, in the App Store or Play Store. Just pop in GreenPal in the in the App Store or Play Store, or you can go to GreenPal.com. And then anybody wants to reach me, I spend most of my time on Instagram in terms of social media, so you can hit me up at Brian M. Clayton. Terrific. Brian Clayton, folks, he is the president of GreenPal. Brian, congratulations on your success and what you're up to, and thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, John. I enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder, if you're interested in subscribing to our show, Nashville Business Radio, we'd love to have you. Uh, we're on all the major apps. Nashville Business Radio is a search term. Imagine that. It's just that simple. Uh, check us out. We'd love to uh, have you support the show in that way. Um, and if your app has the capability of giving reviews, give us a five-star review. Now, it's not about me or Business Radio X. It's about celebrating the work of our great entrepreneurs, business leaders like Brian, we want their, them to be found and to uh, thrive because they've been on the show. So uh, if you could uh, help us with in that way, we'd appreciate it. So for my guest, Brian Clayton, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on, on Nashville Business Radio.